Welcome to Balancing Life's Issues. As always, I'm your host, Kai, and I'm here with CEO of BLI, Wendy Wolner. How are you today? Had a good run this morning. Thanks for Oh, asking. nice. I'm not going to ask you your minute mile. There you go. Moving Happy. on. So today's really exciting because, you know, we're talking about going back to school. Uh, you have raised three. Can you kind of speak to some of those anxieties getting back to school? Yeah. You know, I think the first thing that's so important is you know, the media gives us different messages, right? So you've got the parents who can't wait to get their kids out. And you've got those those party commercials that are like, yay, the kids are gone. I never felt like that. Um, I felt very melancholy about my kids going off to school. Um, I certainly felt very anxious. I felt the financial stress and I learned very quickly not to get wrapped up in the back to school. You don't have to buy everything new. Right. What's really important about the messaging is to, I love school. And the, the most important message is, this should be filled with passion and excitement. Back mm -hmm. to school should be that really exciting time. And that's the energy we want to bring into our home. Absolutely. And, you know, as one with a seven-week-old, in my mind, I'm fast-forwarding to four-year-old Miles yeah. getting ready to go to school for the first time. So, you know, ideas like, you know, sleep, you know, eating, um, you know, you, you had mentioned it, you know, what's necessary versus what we want in shopping, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think what's really, I mean, look, let me for a minute dream here, or if I was going to dream big, and I, I, I hope parents haven't let it get totally out of control, right? I hope the kids have had some type of bedtime all summer long, but if they haven't, you know, it's really important to rip off the Band-Aid and, um, and and send your children to school fully charged. Mm -hmm. We talk about that charged idea all the time, right? That body but, battery we were talking about last yeah. week. Yeah. You know, I was a teacher and I can tell you that I am not a boring teacher. And if you're falling asleep <laughs> in my class, I don't believe that. I'm not a boring teacher. And I've taught kindergarten. I've taught fourth grade. I've taught high school. The reality is our job primary job as, as a family member is to get our children excited from the minute they walk in that program, mm -hmm. the, the door to the minute they leave. So they should be well fed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it is exciting, but we do know what we've experienced the last few years. It can be scary. There can yeah. be a lot of anxiety. COVID is still out there. There is a resurgence currently. Yep. Um, so, you know, what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring on an expert like we love to do. Love it. Um, her name's Liz Buffington. She's a lecturer at San Diego State University. She's a certified teacher. She has a master's in digital education and leadership, and she's working on her PhD. And, I, you know, I'm just going to bring her on to talk to us and parents, my child soon to be at this age, um, just about how to navigate all these things we've been talking about, but especially uh, the anxieties of going back to school when we might be scared to go back to school. Yeah, I love it. Thanks so much. I think we really all need to embrace, learn, and be the best version and really give our kids every opportunity to make this the best year possible. Okay. Welcome to the program, Liz. I am so excited to talk to you about getting back to school for our parents. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, we were just talking about how they're seven week old. And before you know it, they'll be going to their first day of school. That's what everybody keeps telling me, right? It, it does feel like life is moving. I thought life was moving quick before, but now it's just flying by. So yeah, we really are enjoying the moment. Yeah. Sometimes the days are really long, but I find that the years are incredibly short. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Poetic. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. hey, we're here to talk about getting kids back to school, right? There's a lot of anxiety with that, especially what we've experienced the last few years. I know myself, I was a child of summer, and I remember vividly the night before school, 
I wasn't able to sleep, right? That transition time was always difficult for me. But before you jump in, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and your background and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Liz Buffington. Um, I am a parent of um, two um, and an educator of many. Um, I have taught in the K through 12 um, arena and, and currently teach at San Diego State University in the College of Education. Back to school is a big part of our life here in my household. So I guess as a teacher and you, you think about this topic going back to school, you know, the challenges 10 years ago, you know, to a few years ago to today, what, what's kind of top of mind for you? So it, a lot of it's the same. Um, and a lot of it's so different. We're in that vortex, if you will, of, um, what was even pre COVID 10 years ago to our existence now. Um, but some of the same things continue to happen. Um, you know, that first day, everyone's very excited and ready to go. They can also be nervous. Um, they can have a lot of anxiety, we are creatures of habit, and um, there's a lot of research about when students come back into school, getting back into the routine is part of creating an environment where they can feel supported so that they can do their best learning. And as parents, we have a big role to play in that, um, and it's, it's a big responsibility, um, yeah. and it, it takes a lot of effort on our part. Helping transition into a new rhythm. So, so I guess when we look at maybe just sleep, right. Cause that was the hard one for me. Um, as a kid, I remember not sleeping well during times of transition. How can a parent help prepare their kid for, we're waking up at seven now, or like, you know, whatever that new rhythm is going to be. Yeah. We, we deal with that a lot in our household. Um, we have morning people and not so morning people um, helping students time themselves, reminding them of of the routine of the morning is one way that we can help um, start the morning off right. We find that if students have had a rough morning, they will come into school and it's hard for them to not carry that um, hard morning with them. Um, and so it's helping them to take responsibility of their time. In fact, I find that the students that are able to cope more with routine changes are the ones that have agency and um, a say in part of the routine. So maybe they help make their lunch the night before, or they say, no, I really want to have school lunch because it takes care of one logistical um, concern takes that off the table. These are the areas that you get to make decisions in when it comes. Yeah, you get to make a right. choice. It's your life. Mm -hmm. um, but this is where it's age appropriate and family appropriate for you to make this choice. Absolutely. And, you know, all that is so well said. And, you know, with with a seven week old on my end, I'm kind of fast forwarding to what four year old Miles is going to be struggling with, you know, that night before school. And speaking of one thing that's been on my mind is as a, a parent with a young one who will eventually have a phone like social media. Um, what are like, we all know the dangers of it. We all know the challenges with it. We all know that we have it. Um, so can you talk to us about as teachers this year, you know, what are some things to look out for or how can we start to set some better boundaries when it comes to social media this school year? That is such an important part. And um, as an educator, the most important person in your child's social media life is the parent guardian adults modeling for students what appropriate social media looks like. That face-to-face -face and human-to-human experience is lost. And so 
what social media um, could result in that's positive and negative. Social media is instant gratification. It's like a sugar rush. And that is why it is so, to be perfectly honest, addictive. They want to see each other's lives and, and see, um, you know, and, and feel that connection. We saw that after COVID um, in a very big way because there was a lack of connection and social connection for our young people that really has shifted the mental health support that we are preparing for and giving in our schools, involve them in decisions about social media. So if they're not ready for a social media account, you're not ready for them to have that. Give them a say about what you put in your social media when it involves them. Do they get to have their picture on your Facebook? Um, give them that agency and and remind them that social media, um, there's there's a layer of consent to it. You know, just with the consent piece, I mean, that goes as an adult as well, right? I do know, I know I have to let my wife know, hey, by the way, this is a really cute photo. Like, can I post this? And sometimes she says no. And like, that shouldn't be taken personally. But I love the idea that a child should have agency in that fun family vacation photo they took. And if they want to be on social media. Yeah. And, and then that becomes the norm for them. <clears throat> and with that norm becomes a layer of respect. Yeah, absolutely. Respect foundation. Yeah. That's the biggest part of going back to school, modeling what respect looks like in your family in your household. Um, respect in the morning is important. We have a lot of conversations in my house about respect in the morning. I am not <laughs> a morning person. Uh, I had had to learn um where to stay quiet where not to talk um but what's funny is once the child's around it's like well i'm so i'm not i'm not as grumpy anymore in the morning but i'm sure that will change it goes without saying what we as a world experienced over the last few years and you know i think maybe especially you know kids going into remote scenarios and losing that in-person connection and when they came back uh, they had lost these social skills and, you know, a seventh grader was acting like a fifth grader in that classroom, right? Because they didn't have that progression. So that didn't go away and it didn't fix itself, right? We are in the middle of what some are calling like the next mental health epidemic of our children's mental health. So how can we support our kids who are probably nervous going back? Is COVID going to come back? I mean, there is a resurgence right now. Um, I'm anxious about getting sick. I'm anxious about having to go remote again. Like, can you talk to us about how we can be communicating with our kids about, I don't know, I guess the, the acceptance of it all? It's a really good question. Um, you're right. COVID's not going away. There's a resurgence. Um, I just got an email from a colleague who said, guess what? I'm not going to be at our orientation tomorrow for all of our new student teachers. Um, mm -hmm. Can you, can you tap in? Yeah. We're there to support each other. Um, what COVID did was teach us to pivot. And so when our students have to pivot, give them positive praise. Um, mm. Maybe it's that they pivoted and provided support for a sibling in the house or helped you with something without being asked to do so. Um, in school, when we are affirming the empathy response to help others, um, we're, we're appreciating the pivot. Uh, the pivot beyond themselves to someone right. else. So mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge thing that you can do. Um, and then hear their disappointment. 
if they can't go to the soccer game because they got COVID, even if they're not feeling poorly, but they have to isolate. Right. Affirm that. Let them know that you hear them. That is so disappointing. You're absolutely right. We're all very disappointed. Just like we had to do when we were home for so many days and so many months, it was disappointing. We missed out on a lot of amazing human connection. Remind them that they're going to probably be scared of COVID um, because there may have been some very... um, scary things that happened either in home or close to home, whether that be losing someone or watching someone get really sick um, and let them know that the health professionals are doing their job and their health professionals went to school and learned skills Mm. so that they could problem solve and that you're going to help them do their best in school so that they can be those problem solvers as well. Help them to be part of the solution. So perhaps they might feel more comfortable if they decide to give a fist bump instead of a hug. Right. Um, give, you know, remind them that they can have hand sanitizer in their backpack or that they can, um, you know, say to their teachers, I would feel more comfortable if I wear a mask. It's about hearing them and how they see themselves in their whole health. And COVID is an opportunity to hear about how they see themselves in emotional health and physical health. That's why COVID had such a big impact because it impacted us on both levels. Yeah, the, the the entire spectrum really, really took a huge toll. So be attentive. Don't be a fixer. Validate. I, I love the idea of, of, of the positive praise during a pivot. A lot of that is going to be, you know, it's ongoing. Um, and as, as families, as teachers, how do we support one another um, to kind of make sure this, this back to school um, environment is positive? And but that we do have solutions when when things get difficult. I guess back to the the more pragmatic stuff. The books. Back to the books. Back to the yeah. books. You know, I needed those Jinko jeans, and that probably dates myself a little bit. I don't know if anybody remember those yes. hundred and fifty dollar jeans that I needed. Yep. Back to school shopping. I knew. I know now. My mom could not afford that. Yeah. How do we weigh ne- like what's necessary yeah. versus what we want? Yeah, it's so easy to look at someone across the table, um, across the schoolyard, across the boardroom meeting, and see something that they're wearing or having, and you're instantly going to focus on what they have that you want and don't have. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to assume automatically that they get everything. And if that person is someone who is charismatic, maybe popular, um, you're going to think, gosh, if I can wear those pants, I too will be that charismatic, popular person. What I do is we have the conversation about school clothes, shopping and, and stuff early on. Um, we also put things aside for the future. You might really want that pair of Doc Martens. Maybe there's a birthday coming up or holiday celebration where your family gives gifts. And if you can't afford it, help them be part of the solution about what you could do to afford it. Once Mm. they go to school, we want them to remember that showing off their clothes is not going to make them as a person. We're not, we don't value people based on what they wear. We value people for who they are. Uh And that's something that they need to learn how to live and appreciate. Right. So I guess there are, there are lessons to be taught, you know, as, as we look at back to school shopping. And I love the idea you keep throwing in this idea of choice. Um, so say, you know, they really, really, really need those pairs of shoes and we just can't afford them. Well, how about for the next two weeks, we don't do pizza night on Wednesday yep. and yep. We, we've saved enough money. So is that, are you willing to part with pizza? Are you night? willing to help clean? Are you willing to help with yard work? Are you willing to 
you know, to help, um, you know, walk the dog and pick up after the dog. You're very busy. It's the beginning of school year. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. And we've talked about so much. So I guess maybe as a parent, instead of as a teacher, what's one thing you would, you would like maybe recommend or, or to extract from our conversation here that you would ask a parent to really pay attention to? help them problem solve when things get difficult because they will get difficult and we're going to want to jump in and fix it for them. We're going to want to jump in and do the science project for them because they didn't tell us about it until the day before it was due. And it's very frustrating and we're tired, but instead of doing that, think about how you can help them problem solve and do the work themselves and identify where they need help. Well, thank you so much for being here, Liz. I really appreciate your time and good luck on the start of your school year. Thank you, you too. And before you know it, Miles will be going back to school. Ooh, can't wait. This has been a production of Balancing Life's Issues with your hosts, Kai Sorensen and Wendy Walner. Produced by me, Kai. Rate, leave a review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you can get brand new episodes as they drop. Got an idea for the show? Email me, kai at balancinglifesissues.com. Anything to add, Miles? Yeah. <laughs>